everybody, and welcome to the Grizz Weekly Grind, your proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. I'm Pete Brownick, a TV voice of the Memphis Grizzlies and your host for the program. This is episode 32 of season two of the Grizz Weekly Grind. Took an episode off. Uh, there was no episode on Monday, so you did not miss anything. Um, just with three games in four nights and travel and game prep and everything else going on, just uh, didn't feel that I could provide you with the uh, quality that I want to make sure that I provide you with. So uh, took an episode off, needed to get a little rest, needed to get a little recharged as we head into the stretch run of the NBA season, but uh, back with a vengeance because we bring back one of our best friends of the program. That is Rick Kamla. You hear him on Sirius XM NBA radio with Antonio Daniels on the Give and Go show, which is in the afternoons. Uh, weekdays on Sirius XM NBA Radio. We've got a fascinating conversation with him. Actually, it's part one of a long conversation. Part two will be in the next episode. But part one, we'll talk about the current landscape of the NBA, including what he thinks about the Memphis Grizzlies and what their potential is vis-a-vis a championship. That and that was the week that was and some Petey's points. But first, we tell you that the Grizz Weekly Grind is being brought to you by the Hoop City Basketball Club. Since 2005, their mission has been to assist young student-athletes in grades 1 through 12 in developing a strong work ethic with discipline, responsibility, and accountability. They've helped young men be great on the court and in the community. Their alumni include major college and NBA players. If you'd like more information on how to become part of this great sports and character-building club, log on to HoopCityBC.com. You can follow them on Twitter at HoopCityBC. As they say, it's in our blood. It's who we are in Hoop City. Well, the Grizzlies, a couple of games since uh, we last visited that we want to talk about, and we'll do it right now in That Was the Week That Was. So on Sunday, the Grizzlies are down in Houston, and the Grizzlies, a, a day after beating the Orlando Magic decisively, and Orlando, the worst team in the Eastern Conference, then the Grizzlies move over to the worst team in the Western Conference in the Houston Rockets. Grizzlies got off to a 34-27 lead after one quarter. Grizzlies had a 10-point lead at halftime, and I'm not sure what happened in the locker room. Probably more in the Houston locker room than the Grizzlies locker room, but the Grizzlies were outscored 71-50 to in the second half. Kevin Porter Jr., an incendiary third quarter. Christian Wood was outstanding all game long. Jalen Green, very good as well. Uh, Grizzlies defense got themselves into a situation that we've seen uh, more times than Taylor Jenkins wants to uh, wants to see, and that is their inability to stop a hot score. And Kevin Porter Jr. went off in the third quarter. Grizzlies never really recovered from that. Uh, they they made some runs. They they got it, they kept it close, but the Grizzlies blowing a 14 point lead to the Houston Rockets and dropping the ball game 123 to 112 against the Houston Rockets. It was a disappointing effort by the Grizzlies. Uh, a look at this, the uh, box score, and there were only three Grizzlies with a positive plus-minus, and all of them were plus-one. Jaron Jackson Jr. was plus-one, but he only scored eight points, was uh, really dealing with foul problems all night long, played only 13 minutes in that game. Desmond Bain was a plus-one. He went for a team-high 28 points. Uh, John Morant was a minus 12. The only other positive was Kyle Anderson off the bench with three points, but only played 18 minutes. Meanwhile, everybody who saw the floor for the Houston Rockets had a plus rating behind their name. They got three in with uh, 20 or more, 29 for Kevin Porter Jr., 28 for Christian Wood, 24 
for Jalen Green. Grizzlies also had three in double-figure season I, 23 with 12 boards and three blocks for Steven Adams, 9 of 11 from the floor, and 5 of 9 from the free throw line. Morant with 22, Bain with 28, Desmond Bain single-handedly keeping the Grizzlies in this ballgame late, but Grizzlies drop it to Houston, 123 to 112. Very disappointing effort, and now you have a nationally televised game coming up on Tuesday, and the Grizzlies get the New Orleans Pelicans, which is a team that has been problematic for the Grizzlies, even before they got C.J. McCollum. And when you get C.J. McCollum and the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, could be could be a tough night. But Brandon Ingram missing this game uh, due to injury, and that, I think, was, was a big factor in this game, and it meant that it was all about C.J. McCollum. McCollum goes off for a game-high 32, but the Grizzlies actually lead this thing wire to wire. They put up 44 points in the first quarter, 77 in the first half, the most productive offensive first half for the Grizzlies this season. Their most productive half, either first or second, was an 80-point second half in that blowout over the Oklahoma City Thunder. This was a game where uh, the Grizzlies, I mean, they they scored at will, shot 48% from the floor, got to the free throw line uh, 24 times and made 20 of them. So their free throw shooting getting right uh, in that aspect, Grizzlies led wire to wire by as many as 36. Uh, this was a dominant performance by the Grizzlies, particularly in the third quarter, outscoring the Pelicans 35-26. Grizzlies go on to win it 132-111 to over the New Orleans Pelicans. So the Grizzlies stand with a record of 45-22 and in the Western Conference, and uh, they catch a break in the schedule because uh, they have a couple of days off before they take on the New York Knicks on Friday. And then they go out on the road for a very interesting road trip in that it's four games, no back-to-backs, and multiple days off in Atlanta. Grizzlies go to Oklahoma City, day off, Indiana, two days off, Atlanta, day off, Houston, come back, and then two days off before a nationally televised game against the Brooklyn Nets. That's what the Grizzlies have on the docket, and uh, that is, that was the week that was. With that, let's get to Zapiti's points. And uh, number one, bounce back. Uh, the Grizzlies, you know, the effort that they had, particularly in the third quarter and second half against Houston, was not an effort that's going to win you many basketball games. It doesn't matter how bad the other team is. This is a Houston team. Look, they had losing streaks of 15 and 12 games, which they ended against the Grizzlies. They've also had a seven-game winning streak. This is a team that does have young talent. And they were playing hungry, and they played with a greater hunger than the Grizzlies did, particularly in that third quarter. I don't know if the Grizzlies expected Houston to fold up their tents after the first half or what, but uh, the way that Steven Silas has that team playing, look, I know they lost 12 in a row, but they're playing hard, and they encountered a team in the Memphis Grizzlies who took their foot off the gas. And uh, it was just you know, a very difficult and a borderline unacceptable performance from the Grizzlies on Sunday to lose that game to the Houston Rockets. You hope that that game doesn't cost you a, a seeding placement because the, it, it's a game that you should win. It is a game that most everybody else is winning. So really when you lose to a team like Houston that everybody else is beating, you're, you're almost losing two games to the field, the game that you lost and the game that the other team that is, is trying to track you down, they're probably going to win. So really it can be a two-game swing when you lose those types of games. And that, to me, was very disappointing. 
Grizzlies come back against New Orleans. It's national TV. Emotions are running high. You're playing a Pelicans team that is uh, battling for position, uh, probably in in the play-in tournament in the Western Conference. It's a team that has beaten you once already. It's a team that gives you problems anyway. And C.J. McCollum is on the other side of the floor. I really had hoped that Portland was going to trade C.J. McCollum to the Eastern Conference so the Grizzlies would only see him a couple of times a year. That's not the case. Um, And McCollum played a really solid game. But the Grizzlies in the second half varied their defensive coverages. They did some more blitzing of C.J. McCollum. And, I mean, McCollum got the ball out of his hands. He did finish with 11 assists, 32-11 and for C.J. McCollum. But the Grizzlies limited him as a score. And Devontae Graham, after being red hot in the first half, cooled off in the second half. Grizzlies, whatever halftime adjustments they made, their defensive uh, X's and O's, their defensive intensity, their defensive force was really good in the second half because you know they gave up. And, and, even, in, and even with that, and, and I'm, it sounds like I'm criticizing their defensive effort, I, I, it really shouldn't because they, they held New Orleans to 111 points and they held them to 58 in the first half. Um, and, and they held them to 58 with C.J. McCollum going crazy. In any event, the Grizzlies, whatever adjustments they made against the New Orleans Pelicans certainly worked. Um, and and that, was, that was good because the Grizzlies have had this situation. And we saw it with Jason Tatum in Boston. We saw it with D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota. And we started to see it with C.J. McCollum in this game where there's a hot guy. And we certainly saw it with Kevin Porter Jr. in Houston where the other team has a hot guy and the Grizzlies just can't shut the water off, as Tony Allen used to say. Part of that is you don't have Dylan Brooks. Hopefully you have Dylan Brooks maybe at the end of the week, maybe at the start of the road trip when the Grizzlies go to Oklahoma City. He says he's very, very close. Stop by the pregame show to tell us that he feels he is very, very close to uh, to being back in action. That would be a help. But the Grizzlies, you know, again, if you're going to win playoff series, if you're going to win these really tough games uh, and the other team has a hot guy, how can you get the ball out of his hands? Grizzlies accomplished that with C.J. McCollum in the second half of the New Orleans game. And, and that, to me, was a very encouraging sign that there was a guy who was lights out in the first half. Grizzlies kept him under wraps in the second half. Granted, McCollum didn't really play in the fourth quarter because the game was out of hand. But, again, where the Grizzlies took their foot off the gas and their defensive intensity waned in the third quarter in Houston, it did not in the third quarter at home against New Orleans. To me, very encouraging sign, growth step for this Grizzlies team. Petey's point number two, and I, I want to talk about national telecasts because we, we get a lot of questions about this, and so I want, to, I want to clarify a few things with regard to national telecasts. When TNT negotiated their deal with the NBA, they wanted national exclusivity. That means that there could be no regional telecasts of the same game. Turner has the right to exclusivity for their games. The caveat is the, the, the um, TNT allows the Grizzlies to do what we call a side-by-side where there's a regional telecast and a national telecast for the Martin Luther King game. And that is simply a concession because it's King's game, it's Memphis, uh, and, and so TNT says, okay, we're going we're gonna to let you do that game. So that's why we've been able to do side-by-sides. ESPN does not have an exclusivity clause in their contract. The only time that there is a national exclusivity if it's going to be an ABC game, Saturday showcase, Sunday afternoon. 
if you have one of those games on ABC, then it is exclusive, and there 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 are no exceptions to that. And it's going to be a national telecast, and the regional telecasters have to have to stand down. The question was asked: Grizzlies are playing in Boston. Uh, we can't do the game because it's on TNT. Why did Boston have a local telecast? There is a num there there is a loophole in that national exclusivity for TNT, and I forget what the number of games is. For some reason, I think it's seven. But once a team has been on TNT seven times, then you can you can do a local side by side with TNT. So that's why Boston had a local telecast of the Grizzlies Boston game, and the Grizzlies did not have a regional telecast. Uh, for that. Secondarily, we appreciate all the love on social media uh, that, that we get. Uh, it, it seems that the, the greatest level of love we get on social media is when a game is on national TV or is on TNT, to be more precise, and we don't do the game because you're like, well, you know, we, we watch TNT and, and it's not Pete and Brevin and Fish and, you know, we don't like it. And, you know, and, and look, we, we appreciate we appreciate the love. I do want to point out, though, that national telecasters, when they come in, you don't know how often they have watched the Grizzlies played play. Uh, it may just have been on tape, may not have been in person. Um, there are some national play-by-play guys that do not do a team on a regular basis, and all they do are national games. And so their impressions and their knowledge of teams is not going to be and can't be realistically as in-depth as what Brevin and Fish and I can bring you. I talk to Taylor Jenkins before every game. When a national telecaster comes in, they get 15, 20 minutes before the game to talk to Taylor Jenkins. It's good, but it, it it's not the same. And so... You have national play-by-play and analysts kind of parachuting in to do a game. They do their best. They do their research. But again, they, they're not going to have the depth of knowledge. They can't because they don't do our games every single night. They don't live in Memphis. They are not around the Grizzlies on a consistent basis. So what I'm saying here is I appreciate the fact that y'all love us so much that you know you are you are very supportive of us on social media. Fact of the matter is Brian Anderson and Stan Van Gundy did a good job on the Boston game. They talked a lot about Ja. Uh, and I, I thought that they had a very fair representation of what the Grizzlies are and were in that game. Ian Eagle and Jim Jackson had the call of the Pelicans game and they were good and they were entertaining. Um and, and both Brian Anderson and Ian Eagle talked to me before uh, they went on the air to do the game. So we had an op- I had an opportunity to tell them a little bit of, of, of my insight to give some of that insight that I get on a daily basis to share with them because they're not going to have it. So it, it's, just, it's just the way that this whole dynamic works. And in a, in a bit of professional news, I'm going to share with you now something that uh, is very, very cool, but I have been assigned to do a game on TNT. And I will do the Clippers-Denver game on March 22nd on TNT with Stan Van Gundy. I'm going to be now kind of on the other hand, and I'm sure that there are going to be Denver fans or Clipper fans that are going to say to their um, 
you know, to their broadcasters, well, you know, th- this Pranica guy comes in and he does his game on TNT and he's not nearly as good as Brian Seaman or, or you know, he's not nearly as good as Chris Marlowe. And it's like, I get it. That's, that's just kind of the way this whole dynamic works. So bottom line, we really appreciate all the support uh, that folks give us on social media. Don't be too harsh on, on the national telecasters. They are, they are working very, very hard to do the best job they possibly can. Again, they don't necess- they're not around the team on a daily basis. So just by dint of that, we, meaning Brevin Fish and I, can give you a more complete picture of the Memphis Grizzlies than somebody who has maybe only seen them on tape and, and hasn't been at a practice or has not been at a shoot-around or does not talk to Taylor Jenkins on a, on a regular basis. So uh, I, I just want to get that off my chest because, again, like I said, really appreciate everybody you know, going to bat for us and, and expressing support. We treasure those messages on Twitter and the email and the texts and everything else. We treasure that. We love it. We, we're, we're gratified by it. Um, but you know, don't worry about dissing national telecasters. They, they're doing the very best they can, and, uh, and they have certain, certain drawbacks to the way things are done. They're, they're not going to be able to uh, present things maybe as thoroughly as, as we can because they're not around on a daily basis. So those are the PD's points for today. We're going to get to Rick Kamla, our friend of the program, in a moment. But first, we tell you that today's show is being brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, college basketball fans, you can join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win, and you will get $200 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. They win, you win. Now, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the college hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round and who will hit the most triples? Just track your results. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and you will get $200 in free bets. If they do win, you win. With promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, 21 or older, restrictions apply, and see these show notes for details. Now, if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. In Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming. In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado and New Hampshire, it's 1-800-522-4700. In Connecticut, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In Iowa, dial 1-800-BETS-OFF. In Louisiana, 1-877-770-STOP. In New York, 877-8-HOPE. NY, or you can also text to Hope NY. In Oregon, visit opgr.org. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, which is 1 800 889 9789. Or in Virginia, call 1 888 532 3500. 21 or older, 18 or older in New Hampshire and in Wyoming. You must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Michigan, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. 
Minimum $5 deposit is required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full details. All right, you hear him on Sirius XM NBA radio every weekday with Antonio Daniels. It's the Give and Go Show, and uh, he always has a great take, great friend of uh, the Grizzlies, great friend of both Brevin and myself, and uh, always entertaining to talk to Rick Campbell. This is part one of our conversation in which we talk about the general landscape of the NBA. Here's our friend of the program, Rick Camlo. Rick, I know that you and Antonio Daniels have to be talking a lot about the Grizzlies. They're exciting. People in Memphis are thinking that there may be a parade on Beale Street sooner rather than later. All right, give me give me the national view, what, what you are seeing with this Memphis Grizzlies team and what you think their ceiling may be. Well, uh, very early in the season, Pete, um, I made the point and I I like to, you know, have debates with Antonio Daniels on give and go on NBA radio and uh, come at him with, with an opinion and just kind of bounce it off of him and see where his mind is at, see where the conversation goes. And earlier this season, uh, I I kind of launched us into a a conversation about the Grizzlies with, have they um, entered the group of teams, the core group of teams that can win the championship this year? Um, with, you know, the Phillies, the Milwaukee's, the Golden States, the Phoenixes, um, those teams. And, uh, and so we, and, you know, I, I kind of started that, you know, early the season. Um, and, and I believe it. And, and I put them, I believe it was eight teams at the time, Pete. And I haven't surveyed the landscape in that way since, but I would imagine it's a similar number. But think about the progression that the Grizzlies make to, to get into that conversation. Like, not just a nice story, not just, um, um, you know, ooh, maybe they can make some noise. No, this team legitimately can win the championship this year. And you can make a case for several other teams. Um, I think you all have a better case than Utah. I think you all have a better case than Dallas, Denver, any other team below you. Uh, the only team in the West that might have, you know, more of a puncher's chance, fighter's chance, whatever, to make the finals is Phoenix and Golden State. And I'm not really feeling Golden State right now. Uh, uh, you know, Draymond's going to come back. Um, he's got to come back a ferocious lion um, and very healthy for me to get that confidence back that Steph and Clay and Dre and Wiggins and these guys um, can can win it all or beat Memphis in a playoff series. So I have a very, very high opinion of them, uh, Pete, as you know. And uh, and the premise of it, as I send it back over to you, is is you guys have four players when Dylan Brooks is healthy that can click for 20 any night, and that makes you extremely dangerous. Last night, or the last game you all played, uh, the New Orleans game, three guys 20-plus, right? That's your formula. Um, And so you're going to add another guy to the mix, and Dylan Brooks in that regard. And and in a lot of ways, it makes you guys very, very hard to beat. Yeah, that that game against New Orleans, it was almost insane. When it gets to be like 29-9, to you're like, okay, is this real? You know, the Grizzlies making, what, 15, 16 threes? That that, That is not their reality. Let's flip the script a little bit because the Grizzlies have a game coming up against the New York Knicks at the end of the week. And that is a team that last year was widely celebrated. Julius Randle having a fantastic year. And this year, the bottom has kind of fallen out of it. What's, what's been the issue with the Knicks? Why have, why have things gone so horribly sideways? Wow. That's, uh, that's one of those huge questions like, where do I start? Uh, <laughs> there, there, there are a lot of reasons, right? Yeah, like, okay, and so where I'll start is the disconnect between the front office and the head coach. Um, 
the front office uh, made the move to pay Fournier about $19 million a year, let Reggie Bullock go to Dallas at about $10 million per year. Um, I'm sorry, I'd rather have Bullock at half the money and bring in the 3 and D. You know, Fournier has explosive games, 30 points, seven threes, that kind of thing, but they're very few and far between. Seems like he saves those up for Boston, too. Um, and so that's a disconnect. Tibbs didn't want him. Tibbs, New York Post reported that he would have rather had Bullock. Uh, Kemba Walker, obviously not a fit. Uh, you know, Tibbs banished him. Cam Reddish, okay, Cam Reddish, big trade. Wow, here we go. You know, Atlanta doing this and, and New York him. doing that. And Tibbs won't play and, him. And Tibbs won't play him, okay? So there's obviously a disconnect there. Um, and I think that has created uh, the dysfunctionality that they had a one-year hiatus from. But guess what? The Knicks smell again, okay? They smell stale and weird and funky, like the garbage that needs to be taken out. Um, so we can start there. Uh, they don't have a point guard, all right? Derrick Rose is hurt. They're starting book Burks there right now. That ain't going to get it done. Um, Barrett was really weird at the beginning of the year and now has totally caught fire and looks like they're number one. Uh, there's reports out of New York that Julius Randle isn't in as good a shape as he was last year. They're probably true. Uh, but I've just noticed with Julius Randle, the problem with him is, is the weight of the world is on his shoulders and he is not a number one. He was not built to be a number one in a city like that and have the weight of the world on his shoulders. He was he was built to be a Robin or, or a third guy like a Tobias Harris in Philadelphia. And so he's sort of overcast as this number one on this gigantic stage. It's led to a lot of frustration, boil ups, problems with refs uh, and, and, and underperforming. So, I mean, there you go, Pete. It, it's a lot of stuff with the Knicks this year. It's, I've always found the, the science or art of roster construction to be really fascinating and there are some GMs out there that, that just flat out don't get it. And I think you're seeing that in New York. And by way of segue, I think we're seeing that with the Los Angeles Lakers. Do the Lakers even make the play in, which was so widely derided by LeBron James last year, or do they fall totally out of it? I, I think, look, they're trying not to make the play-in tournament. I mean, they're playing like they don't want to play in the play-in tournament, right? The lack of effort. Uh, they turn it on. They, I mean, it literally, if it's a Saturday night showcase game on ABC, the Lakers bring it. If it's any other game, the Lakers just like they're out there getting cardio. Um, so but but here's the problem. Uh, below them is New Orleans, who's going for it. And they're, they're going to be in 10th place. Uh, below them is Portland. Portland is the tank. They're the second tankiest team in the league right now behind the Houston Rockets. Um, they're literally trying to lose games. Um, when you, uh, when, when I saw coming out of the break that they curbed Nurkic for a month with plantar fascia, I was like, there it is. Uh, you know, OKC's doing it right now. Three dudes just had surgery. I mean, we, we all see what's going on, but that's what's up with Portland. So they're not going to go get the Los Angeles Lakers. And then you've got San Antonio. They're just not talented enough, I, I think, to come and get it. And I think right now, Pete, there's a two and a half game separation between them and LA. And I know that San Antonio just beat them the other night without LeBron. Um, you know, long story short, I think they're going to be in the playing tournament, Pete, but I do not think they're going to be in the playoffs. I believe either the Timberwolves or the Clippers. Hell, I'll, I'll take the Pelicans over the Lakers right now with a healthy uh, Ingram and CJ and, and Jonas Valanciunas. Like those three dudes want it. They're hungry. Um, the Lakers are full. Like Thanksgiving, Pete, it's about 830. It's time for pecan pie. Like that's the Lakers right now. They're not hungry, man. The tryptophan Lakers. Exactly. <laughs> you, you bring up Minnesota, and 
a lot of people around the league, who's Chris Finch, okay, G League coach? He's got them playing really good basketball. What have you seen from Minnesota? Because I will tell you this, the Grizzlies do not want to see Minnesota in the playoffs. They, they were a very, very tough matchup for the Grizzlies. What is Chris Finch doing right there? And secondarily, it looks like they finally got their roster construction right. They, yeah, and, and Pete, I'm a, I'm a big roster construction guy too. Uh, they, they, they have the primary pieces in place. And I, I think you would agree that, that they still have work to do. Their, their bench is not, um, is not where it needs to be. Uh, Malik Beasley is a nice piece to bring off your bench. Nas Reed is a nice piece to bring off your bench. Uh, I'm not crazy about the forwards they bring off the bench. Um, but, but you do have three pillars in obviously Cat and Ant and Russell. And, uh, and so that's a lot of talent right there. And, and, and guys that can go, um, you know, we talked about Memphis, uh, with, with the 30 and, and, you know, the three, the four guys I mentioned can go for 30 for Memphis, but it's more likely that the three guys on Minnesota go for 30 on any given night, right? Russell and Cat and, and, and Anthony Edwards. Um, and then you've got Beverly, who's been a, a culture changer for them and a dog changer for them because Pete, the, the Wolves have always lacked dog. They've always lacked badass and pushback and resolve and all of those, the Draymond Green type of intangibles, right? And, and Pat Bev has brought that to their program. I've never seen Carl Anthony Towns play with the, with the, the fire that he's playing with right now. Um, you know, D'Lo is just kind of like, um, um, it looks like he's on cruise control, but, you know, but, but he's kind of, I don't see a difference in him. I, I just think he's always been the same guy, which is, you know, kind of a quasi all-star and then Ant-Man is just different in a variety of ways. Um, now, going back to Chris Finch, uh, talking with Jim Peterson, the TV analyst for the Wolves on Valley Sports, um, he, I, I asked him, why are the Wolves different this year? And he said, Chris Finch. He did not talk about Pat Bev. He did not talk about, you know, the rocked-up Carl Anthony Towns and all that. He, he went right to the, to the Finch card. And what I'm seeing out of Finch that is impressive because not everybody can do it. Uh, Billy Donovan is doing it in Chicago. Um, your big three is all eating. Okay. Uh, how's that going out in LA? Right. It's, it's an absolute dumpster fire. How do you get your big three to all eat? It's very, very difficult to do. And, and Chris Finch is doing that. Delos at about 18 to 20. Ant-Man's 20 plus cat is 20 plus. They're all eating. Okay. So uh, I'll start there uh, with, with, with Chris Finch. And obviously there's a lot of scheming and adjusting. He's doing a very good job of that as well. Uh, and, and making it happen without much of a bench, like I said, but uh the Wolves, look, it, I, I understand you saying that, Pete. Um, if I'm Memphis, I'm not afraid of Minnesota. I'm not, okay? I've got experience over them. I've got depth over them. I've got more extended firepower than them. I've got the best player in that series in terms of Ja Morant. Uh, so that would be an opponent that if I'm Memphis, I would say bring that up. And that's part one of my conversation with Rick Kamla, talking about all things NBA. Of course, he is the co-host with Antonio Daniels on Sirius XM Radio, the Give and Go program, weekdays in the afternoons. Uh, we will have part two of our conversation. We are going to talk about the NBA awards, MVP and coach of the year, and also talk about some things going on in the Eastern Conference. That'll be part two of our conversation in the next episode of the Grizz Weekly Grind. That's a wrap for episode 32. I'm Pete Pranica. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Grizz Weekly Grind, a proud affiliate of the Basketball Podcast Network. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>